welcome to Black Woman's Hour. Um, how's everyone doing? Quickly, Elaine, yeah. how are you doing? Fantastic, Brilliant. Aisha, you're actually joining us from from somewhere somewhere else. I am actually in Switzerland. Are you? Wow. I am in Switzerland. Yeah. She's laundering money, people. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what I'm doing. I'm laundering money in my little cousin's bedroom. <laughs> Louise, how, how's your week been? All right, be intense, be intense. But you know, we're here. We're here, so that's the main thing. And our guest of honour is Quajo. Yes, Quajo, uh, Quajo. Yeah. Everyone knows who Quajo is. Last <laughs> time we had uh, contact with Quajo, I just saw that you had you had COVID around Christmas, and I was like, oh, yeah, Quajo does yeah. all that stuff. Sorry if we say little boy because you're on my son's age, but it's nothing. No, um, like I was like, oh my god, he's look at all he does, and he's got COVID. So mm -hmm. you got over that uh, well enough, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, it mashed me up for about four days, um, but yeah. I got pulled through. I pulled thank with the help from you and everyone else. Um, I managed to, yeah, I managed to to pull through that, and that that was fine. It feels like such a long time ago, but every so yeah. much has since. That's that's probably why. But it's only a few months ago. But I never, I don't want to get it again. That's for sure. Mm. <laughs> thank you to everyone who watches us and engages with us. Who sent uh, we uh, thanks to you guys were able to send Quajo and Auntie parcel. It's do rags in shea butter. Yep. It was a proper auntie parcel, wasn't it? <laughs> It's been doing well though. I've still got something. <laughs> oh gosh. So yeah, I don't even know where to start. So since then, it's like we're seeing you everywhere. I was like, oh man, we might be even too late to get him on. Mm. So tell us a bit about like you're doing. Uh, you're on LBC. You're on BBC. You were saying you did something with the Guardian today. It's like yeah. you put stuff out and you manifest it. You spoke about wanting to go into unis. You're doing all of that. Tell us a bit about what you're enjoying doing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's been mental. I mean, this last week has been almost like some sort of blur. Um, it's I've been I've been up and down. I mean, I was in Manchester the other day for BBC Breakfast. I was on LBC um, a few days ago, sort of sharing my story. And that's when things really sort of kicked off. Social media went absolutely crazy. I mean, that LBC piece came out and um, I, I, did, I, I thought, oh, it was just a sort of interview that I was doing. I didn't really know what to expect. And then... Stephen um, from Dragon's Den reached out and that was on social media and social media sort of blew up and then the next day came and I mean it just went from zero to 100 I was going up to uni and the next thing I know I'm going up to Manchester to do BBC breakfast and then I'm coming back down and doing radio things and on BBC live yeah it's just been how are you getting on at uni we have to be black aunties just check are you gonna finish your course with all this going on yeah, well, I'm making it um, work at the moment. Luckily, this has happened now when it has, because, I mean, there was a there was a couple of weeks ago, for example, I had four assignments due in one week. And if this had kicked off then, it would have been, I mean, it was difficult to manage anyway, um, just about, but it's found me at the right time. I mean, I still I still have two months left of university before I am finished. Um, and I've got a few more assignments to do, but it's not as intense as it was last month. So I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm confident. I'm on my way um, through it, and just it's just about juggling and balancing things at the moment. Um, amazing opportunities that are coming up, and I just have to. I'm just trying to grab them with both hands, whilst also trying to still focus on university and make sure I get that that finished. Yeah. Little um, extra auntie question: So, are you semesters? So you've done some of your finals already, so you've just got a little bit more finals left. So if you've got a load of your finals out of the way, then that's good. You are you're on yeah. the home straight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was the the difficult part. Was that first bit before yeah. 
I mean, they were due um, after Christmas. They were due in the January period while we was off. So I managed to get that that done. But this is definitely the easier side of things, I think. I know I have an exam in, in May, but I've got like three more actual written assignments to do. And then, yeah, that is it. I still need to keep up, obviously, with my lectures, my seminars and make sure I'm registering for that and going up and down to Leicester um, for that, mm. which I'm going to keep doing. Um, mm. But I just use my time as efficiently as possible, I think. Yeah. What course are you doing? Sorry, what course are you doing? So I'm studying business entrepreneurship and innovation. Okay, okay. Well, hang in there because I mean, I teach as well and I know what it's like, you know, for, for my final year students at the moment. So, you know, I'm trying to keep them positive so I, I can understand. And I still remember my final year like it was yesterday and that, but hang in there. I don't. <laughs> I, I, I do, I do. I remember. Um, getting so stressed out I threw tea at the walls so I'm sure you're not going to do that you know no. <laughs> they're white back there Elaine, so don't read it Elaine you were going to ask Kojo I was, was going to ask you and what you were called uh, what, what you were studying and I was going to say how has your um has your course influenced your activism or have you brought some of what your activism into some of this what you're studying and a bit like making your lecturers change their opinions I mean definitely it's kind of um quite ironic actually this year a lot of my modules have been a, a lot more about the social impacts whereas years before it was just purely about business how businesses work um, and not so much this whole social side but it's been happening more so this year in my final year and it's worked out um, perfectly I mean I'll be honest um, I didn't want to study business as a degree um, I, I, I wanted to do my art but I was always told what are you going to do what are you going to get out of doing and using an art degree and now if I could go back actually it's worked out quite well but I would have loved to um, study business, but I've, obviously I, I don't like the academic side of studying art, sorry. Um, so I've, I've kind of done business and sort of linked the two or all three even. Um, so it's definitely helped. And I think with my understanding of what it is that I need to sort of go on to do next, learning or studying business for the last while well, since 2017, um, definitely has given me a much sort of clearer idea. I mean, that's not to say um, I know everything because I don't. I mean, this is all theory. I've not, I've not lived the experience in the business world or anything. But it's definitely helped, and I think um, it, it it will go hand in hand with sort of the activism and taking it to that sort of next level. Um, of okay. um, for those who do are living under a rock and don't know, Quajo um, goes around. He photographs um, people who live in dire social housing. Basically, I was shocked. Uh, when I first saw it, and I think I mentioned to you, I didn't even, I used to dip into your timeline, because I was scared of mice, and mm. some of the, oh, I just, I can't even see a picture of them, so I didn't even follow him for a bit, but I would go in and check on what he was doing, and be like, because I did not know people were living like that, at all, I had no idea, so now that you're um, getting more exposure, and you're going to people like at the BBC and LBC, where you know, often they'll have people on there, especially on LBC, who think everyone should pull themselves up by the bootstraps. And, mm. you know, if you're in social housing, it's because you want to be going buy a house then. I mean, mm. are they actually shocked when they see the conditions? Yeah, definitely. I think so. And it's, I mean, those, I've seen it a lot more on social media quite recently about, oh, just get out of social housing and go and buy a house and get a job and stop having kids early and this and that. But it's almost like, it's very ignorant to what it is that I've seen over the last sort of year because I've been out there and I've seen I've been spoken to hundreds if not thousands of social housing tenants the demographic and I think stereotypical social housing 
tenant couldn't be any further than the truth. I mean, I go out there and it's, I mean, social housing tenants, it's some of the most hardworking people in our country. I've met people from cleaners to solicitors, to surgeons, to lawyers, you name it. But there's been this negative stereotype upon social or labelled onto social housing tenants that just couldn't be any um, any further from the truth. But I think the, the things that I've been highlighting and the ways that people have been living um, have shocked absolutely everyone. Um, but let's not like let's not forget that it's social housing is just part of the issue and disrepair the much bigger issue is housing the system is currently broken you look at um, current rental prices it's the highest that we've probably seen in a very long time if not it's the highest we've ever seen um and that just means that more people and with the increase in fuel bills that are coming up the increase in national insurance there's going to be more and more people who just cannot afford to rent privately which means they are then forced it doesn't matter what their occupation is how senior they are in an organisation, it means they're going to now go and depend on social housing that's already stretched. And it's a cycle. And I, I keep saying it's a cycle that is broken. And that's why I think it needs, it, it's, it's a much bigger issue to address, but it needs fixing from the root cause if ever it is to be properly fixed. But I mean, the disrepair and the ways and the conditions that have been highlighting people living in, that is an emergency. No, it's, I mean, people's lives are being put at risk. It is what you said, though, because, I mean, I remember the whole big fuss that was created because Kate Ossimore, who's an MP, was still in social housing, and uh, Bob Crow, well, who I was, was going to say Bob Crow, MP, he was in social housing as well. I want to ask you something. Do you think, because it's, I've only kind of seen, when you went up to Manchester, you didn't go up to do anything to do with housing, was it just the BBC thing? Are you mainly looking at housing in London? So as of yet, yes, only because, I mean, because I'm a student, I don't work. I mean, I'm, I've been using my student loan to sort of get me this far. Um, but now with with the donation from Stephen and the GoFundMe, and I, th that's that's given me the key that I needed to now go out there. And I've had people call me from all over the country, um, but now it's given me the key to actually get up and go out there. And that's what like I'm excited to do now and get up and go and see, because I know it's a, it's a national issue. It's a national crisis. People all over the country are living like this. So you don't, do you think that this is the last thing, and uh, I know Aisha and Elaine want to ask you something, it's sort of second part to that. Do you think that there's a concerted effort to end social housing in London? Because we've seen like these private companies buying up this social housing and yeah. Tory donors and stuff like that. Do you think this is being done deliberately? Or do you think it's just, because, you know, I mean, I'm not going to ask you to comment on it, but with Grenfell, people thought it was social you know, social cleansing almost, like they want these people out of these areas. Do you think mm. there's anything in that? Not just uh, well, in general. Yeah, no, I've had this conversation before and obviously, I mean, me coming from the background that I have, I, I remember how it was when my dad was trying to get temporary accommodation. It's like a lot of people that tried to get on the social housing. You could have grown up, me, for example, anyone could have grown up in London, been born here, raised here in school. In my case, and that was exactly it. And when we tried to get into social housing or on the um, in temporary accommodation, they told us, oh, yeah, yeah, um, we don't have nothing in London. You're going to have to pack your stuff and go up to Luton. So I definitely think, and loads of people have told me this, or where they're trying to move them outside of London. In terms of estates, um, we're hearing a lot about um, regenerations across London where places are going to be knocked down and rebuilt by housing associations and councils. And now there is an incentive to do that because by knocking it down and rebuilding, you also have... Uh, uh, um, uh, sort of 
a number of properties each on these individual estates that are being regenerated that you can sell off privately. So there is that incentive. And I mean, from a business perspective, it's clear and black and white what, what, what it is. And But that means there's not social housing tenants aren't the priority and i think eventually it it will be like that where people just begin to be pushed out and i I definitely think i mean that's one of the things that i thought when living on my estate and i was complaining in the beginning was there was questions by my neighbors by me even asking myself like are they purposely running these estates down in order to get um regeneration through in order to build new builds or what is it that they're trying to do? What is it? Why are they allowing these places to fall into such disrepair? And it's either that, there's two answers. There's either that, or they're just completely oblivious to what is going on um, from top down that, the, again, the housing associations individually are just broken. Um, but there's, whichever whichever side of the argument it's on, there's been a failure and there is a failure and that's mm-hmm. on tenants. Um, I was going to... Yeah, because we saw you guys protesting outside the housing awards. Uh, Their attitude was disgusting. It really was. And I'm glad you're rising the way you are. And I hope they look back on that and feel very ashamed, especially that hog-looking one who was saying she was looking forward to champagne. Elaine, go on. So I was going to say, living in London, I live in the borough, but I was pretty much born in. um, I live in Brent. Um, not but if, if you tweet you'll see that I'll say that I'm from Northwest London all the time and I'll tweet Frank Council um, I don't live in social housing but I do see um, what they term as being affordable housing and London yeah. is very different from the rest of the country so affordable housing in London means that you can buy a flat for six, up to 600 grand mm. when you see celebrities talking about the fact that you but the national average salary is like 25 grand or something like yeah. that. Mm. So I don't understand the maths, whether you've got your done your basic SATs, gone to yeah. receive A-levels or whatever. The, the maths does not, as they say, math up at all. And when they're doing this construction, when it comes to this affordable housing, that's the kind of thing that they're also trying to caveat as well when it comes to the new bills, that they'll throw in this 600 pound one with, and probably put the poor doors in or the housing, housing association and things like that. So what kind of things can we do as members of the public to put pressure on the local councils and the planning authorities to stop these things from happening? Because when I, when I bought my place, people were asking me why I'm buying a place in London, but I was born here and I've seen people, I've heard of friends being offered places like from Brent and neighboring boroughs as far as Glasgow. Glasgow yeah. is not even in the same country as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, well, it isn't. What can we do um, yeah. as individuals and people watching yeah. it? Yeah, no, I completely get, and it's a good point that that first bit that you mentioned, where you you said like the average salary is twenty five thousand pounds. Because I've been, I've actually been writing up about this like last week, um, and I was looking at it, and the average salary is around twenty five thousand pounds. Take home salary is about one thousand nine hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Yet the 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 average deposit uh, for a property in the UK is around fifty two thousand pounds. And you can see you can see how big that that gap is. How impossible it is to for anyone like even my age or older to to even think or try and consider getting onto. The, the the ladder um with the current circumstances of everything within the system is sort of fighting against us um it just makes it in, impossible and that only other two options is to privately rent or 
to go into social housing. And then if you can't afford to privately rent, your only option is to put pressure on social housing where they're telling you there's no more properties left. So it's a system that is broken and failed. In terms of what um, people can do, I've been trying to sit down because I've had this question to sit down and I had a lot of people um, reach out and um, offering their support and wanting to volunteer. And I do need to sit down and think what the best way of that or how how I can sort of implement that in the best way and most efficient way possible. So that's something that I definitely need to do quite soon. Um, but it's 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 even basic things like just having that conversation, whether you live in social housing or not, mm -hmm. just speak to people because a lot of the time people living in disrepair don't want to talk about it, they're ashamed. Whereas if we treat this as a conversation, like adults, grown up conversations, where we're not judging people and blaming it on them, but more so the people that are supposed to ensure these things don't happen then social housing tenants living in disrepair will feel comfortable and this is a conversation that we can have as a sort of nation and that will help raise the issue and i mean if enough people are talking about it the government are going to have to listen they will have to listen and it's the, even joining i don't know like there's sometimes protests in loads of areas whether you're a social housing tenant or not go down to it because you know these people now are living like this just support them that's all they want they want a voice they just want to be they want to be heard they want they want they want people to care they want to be heard and unfortunately the 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 right people aren't doing that um the people that are supposed to care aren't so you even not living in social housing or whether you live in social housing just lending them support would mean absolutely everything because i remember back in my day all i want someone to listen and that's all the tenants ever say is they just want to be listened to and treated like human beings yeah Aisha? i was just gonna say that even if i mean the problem that i've seen as well alongside the, sort of the um, quality or lack of quality of social housing is getting it. You know, I have a really good friend of mine who um, has a son who's the same age as mine and she um, put herself down on the housing list when her son was two mm. and our kids are nearly 10 and she just got to the top of the list. Um, so she's been in privately rented, but if she hadn't have been in privately rented, she'd have been in hostels. And actually, to be fair, it's from what I've heard, it's luck of the draw what you get. Um, if you apply for emergency accommodation, you could end up in a hostel, you could end up in actually quite a nice flat, but it's luck of the draw and it's a massive risk to take as a parent, you know, mm -hmm. if you're, but there just isn't enough social housing. And it comes back to what you were saying before about whether um it the estates are being purposefully run down or not mm. what i know is that when i've looked at um new build properties and helped to buy properties they start off with this plan which is we're going to build all of you are going to knock down these flats and we're going to build 400 new homes and 30 percent of them are going to be social housing let me tell you when it gets to the time that those properties are being sold if it's more than four percent of them left to social housing i'll eat my hat they never ever they do that they get through planning permission all their tory mates all their lord jenners all of them sign it all off and then at the end of it you end up with two flats that social housing which all of the actual neighbors that are the neighbors that have privately bought their houses are horrible about anyway it's it we need to, I, I agree the stigma needs to be removed but also we need to actually have a concerted effort to build them otherwise where do people go there's like you said, there's, there's literally no there's I, I i can't see an um uh, an end to it there doesn't seem to be an end to it with the cost of living and the salaries that people have no not all. i think 
um, supply. If this is to continue, supply will never meet demand. Um, it won't. It just it's just a fact because demand is going to keep um, increasing at a rate that supply just can't just can't keep up with. But then again, we come back to the same issue: is is there actually not enough um, properties, or are we not using it? Are housing associations and councils not using what they have? most uh, at, uh, are they not using it efficiently because i went down to an estate and i've been down to many estates and today i went down to a state i can't remember the exact figure but i was told um, by someone there that on that estate alone there's between 40 and 90 homes sat vacant that have just yeah. been completely empty and i know this is a trend amongst the states across the country so it's the thing is we we and there is a huge these councils message out oh we've got um, you know there's a shortage when i complain to these house councils on behalf of other people they say you know we've got a huge shortage shortage of um homes um within the borough or whatnot and then i start questioning myself well do you use the accommodation that you that you have and that you have to your sort of advantage do you use it mm -hmm. most efficiently and the answer is no because i can go to the estates in their borough and see that even on my estate there's there's homes sat vacant that they could be using but why are they vacant is it because they haven't got the funds to do them up is it because i, I like there's is it That's because they want it to appear that they're so squeezed and they need some other sense of type of intervention do you see what i mean yeah. like what's the I don't, I don't know if it's a thing where they're trying to remove the number of people on the estate so that they can push through regeneration or mm -hmm. they're just um, leaving them sat there because they can, the repairs cannot keep up with um, yeah. the demand for repairs or if they just their, their, their property management is just horrific. Um, but it's something, and I mean, it's, it's a failure at some level. I mean, it's mismanagement or it's they're purposely left, leaving these homes empty for some sort of reason. I, I don't have the answer to you but what i do know is that we have um ever increasing demand on social housing and we have properties that are sat vacant that we could i want to ask you because like i said you're my son's age right and if i was some big shop property manager or whatever what's their attitude to you like mm. when you come up to because you're a young guy you know and you're going up to probably middle-aged people and you're making inquiries on behalf of these people and you're pointing out what, what they're doing wrong. How do they receive you? Has that changed if, as you've had more publicity? Yeah, I'm at the beginning, and I think that's one thing I wanted to change, definitely. When I, was, when I felt ignored and they were, just, they were just sort of treating me as though I was stupid and coming into my house and telling me, well, actually, you don't need this fix. You're, it's fine, you living with X damp mould and actually you don't need your kitchen replaced. I was thinking to myself... You just assume social housing tenants are stupid. Like they've got no brain, they have no voice, so you can just treat them any which way you want. So ever since then, I've decided to prove them wrong. And yes, I know I'm 23. Um, I was 22 at the time, and I think I was 18 when this all started kicking off. But I had a point to prove, and that was that, that, that this misconception that they have over social housing tenants is wrong, and it's probably the biggest mistake they could make. Um, because at the end of the day, like we we aren't we aren't we don't fit into that bubble of their perception. And I mean, I go to these social housing landlords now. In the beginning, some of them did ignore me. They didn't take me seriously. I mean, I'm young, so a lot of them probably thought, oh, who, who is this? Like, who is this? Like, we don't need to respond to him. Like, who is he? Like, I know he's emailing, but some of the tenants, and we're just going to ignore them. But now they do take me more serious, more seriously, I think, because they, they've seen my social media. They've seen that I, I post and it gets traction and people are commenting under the post and they cannot hide 
what it is that I'm showing the public. You can't just brush it under the carpet or keep it within your organisation. It's there for people to see and they're outraged at it. So when I do email them now, especially, and I'm, I email CEOs now for housing associations on behalf of people, they do, they do respond and take me seriously because I think they understand now at this point that I am very, very serious when I am emailing them and telling them that people cannot be living like this and they need to do something. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, do you think another um, issue why the um, owners of these social housing properties, whether it's the council or um, housing associations, might not also take it seriously is because of the fact that the majority of their tenants, when I'm thinking about with my London-centric ION, we're very diverse borough, so by default, um, most of the people that might be living in social housing are likely to be from ethnic minorities, whether they're black or Asian compared to um, the white white people, because London is it's so diverse. And so they might be thinking, well, we're not going to get your votes, you're not well, X, Y, and Z. Do you think that might be part of the driver? And obviously, we've got the biggest, um, fortunately, we've got the biggest population in London as well, with however many million compared to, say, how many Scotland's or Wales or some of the other cities that you can fit into here? Um, um, yeah, no, I mean, that's probably it too. I mean, I've done a piece, um, I was part of a piece on racism within social housing not long ago, and there is an inquiry, there's a government inquiry into it now. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just the fact that um, the majority or the majority of people that make up social housing tenants in the UK are from a black and ethnic minority background it's a fact the statistics are there it's it's there in black and white so I can you are you able to because we had someone here before can you try and get your voice into the what the government are doing because we don't want another sewer report <laughs> will you be able to get your voice in there please yes because um, if it's from you we will respect that yeah. <laughs> yeah no i mean that's that's where i'm trying to go now is my eyes are focused now on changes within the government and to benefit tenants i mean from the very first day, I always said my main priority and the reason I'm doing this is for the benefit of the tenants and the tenants only. Um, and I want, I, I want to have, be able to have that influence at government level and make it clear that whatever decisions they make now and whatever comes of this inquiry, they need to make sure the resolutions benefit the tenants and tenants' voices are listened to and it's made the priority, not what will benefit the housing associations, councils and governments as PR, but what is going to be a sustainable sort of solution to the mess that's been going on for absolute um, decades. So I have every intention to try and have that conversation with at, at government level with them in order to create a solution that benefits generations to come and social housing tenants in generations to come because the system, like I said, is broken. I tweeted the other day that you're going to be the first black prime minister. Um, are you interested oh, God in willing. <laughs> are you interested in politics at all? Um, well, do you know what? I wasn't, um, but I've, I've been having conversations with a lot of people at the moment. And even in the beginning, people were saying, why didn't you run for, as councillor? Why didn't you run as councillor? And there's so much that I want to do at the moment, but it's become more and more like in the back of my mind that as I do get a bit more older, eventually when I do reach the goals I do want in the next few years, um, I think that's the route I probably want to head down because I think real change is going to come from within, although I'm on the outside at the moment. And will um, you aunties um, come to 10 Downing Street and cook, cook jerk and jog off? Oh, you are. We want to have Black Pride in the garden and we want to have parties during lockdown, please. You All can. of those things. Better not be in lockdown then. 
Can you see me? Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 Um, I'm always seeing them, talking to them, and um, yeah, even my mum and my my cat. I Facetime every now and again. My dog. Oh, hey to your mum. Hey, you You've done a great job. Yeah, Even just yeah. for your admin, try and get just like anything that you can do to just make your life easier because yeah. you're doing a lot. And a lot of us, uh, like I said, we need to be coming to 10 Downing Street, so we can't have anything going wrong for you. Yeah. And also, we saw you're going to Ghana for the first yes. time. Yes. Wow. So, June, hopefully. So, I've never been before, and it was my dad's. My dad really wanted me and my sisters um, and to go there. So, my auntie, my dad's sister, and my uncle, my dad's brother. Um, for a long time has been planning to to take us there and meet up there from America. So to meet there and surprise my grandma, who is old now, but mm. at my dad's funeral, she had like a voice note. She can't speak English, so they translated it for mm. us. But it said that before she goes, she really wants to meet us. Um, so we're going to go and, yeah, hopefully surprise her, spend some time there. And yeah. Elaine, yeah. Elaine's going to try and give you some advice because there's some new card coming out. Yeah, She's going to be big I was going really? to say, also going to say, Kojo, I'm presuming that your family speak Cree. Yeah. I'm some Cree lessons. That's my oh, I do need, So you can it. say hello to your grandma. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to be embarrassing going there if, I don't, if all I know is hello and that's it. Uh, which part of Ghana do you come from, Kojo? Which part of Ghana does your dad come from? He's from um, Accra. So the... Okay, yep. Yeah, the main part. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Grew up and um, that's where we're going to, that's where we're going to go. But I know my... My grandma, she moves between the capital and also the village, especially during COVID, because of her age, she was constantly back and forth. So I'm not I'm not quite sure what part exactly we're going to, um, but I should hopefully find out. I'm going to hopefully book the ticket in the next few weeks. And okay. in our DMs, and listen, I've got, um, there's a couple of people who follow us on Twitter. So the lady mm. who's, um, whose dad taught me how to write tree, she follows us and she's a fan of you too. So... We will yeah. give you some tree lessons before you go. Do please, so I need. Say only so you can speak to your grandma. Not yeah, for... yeah, need... yeah. Yeah, no, that would be good. That would be really good. That would be Thank really you good. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. I don't know if I should bring a hand up to speak to Quaidy or to get another drink. Just one. No, I've already got my other drink. And to be fair, my aunt is actually just here with a <laughs> bottle. Just <laughs> literally. I knew. I knew it. And if <laughs> that wasn't why my hand was up, my hand was up to say that I wish we had all of our screen for the show because it's all aunties and Quajo. We've literally all spent the whole time going. <laughs> literally, if you looked at every one of our faces the I'm whole time, every word you said, everything you said, we have literally, we are besotted. Yes. You are a lovely boy. And uh, just, well, I'm just, yeah. You do, you when this, I'm going to send this to my son and say, fix up your life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to let you go and get some rest now. Anything, I know you're going up massive now, but if there's anything we could ever ever do for you, just let us know. Message us anything. We'll do it. I'm going to need that jollof rice when I get to 10 Downing Street. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. The they can do the jollof. Oh, bless him. He's adorable. Oh, my God. Amazing. He's so cute. Amazing. So I realised we were keeping him a little bit longer. Um, so we will uh, continue with the show. Um, oh. some, some news that came out today. Cressida Dick has resigned. How do we feel about that? Nick Dong. 
The witch is gone. I had to do it. I know because we've been hanging around in the weeds. I'm I'm all in with the puns now. I can't. Look at hanging around Louise. I am. I love Louise's puns. Louise, you know I love your puns. I'm coming up now. I'm just. I'm well up with all of them now. What do we think? Chop. The dick's got the big chop. Yeah. Oh, oh. Wait, what was yeah. it, Bobbitt? Wayne Bobbitt. Yeah, there's more to come out of that. There's more to come out of it. It's like when you're coming out of stand up. You're like, oh, oh, Bobbitt. Oh, circumcision. Oh. But why do we think she's gone? Like, that's a genuine question. Why do we think she's gone now? Because I, she hung on throughout she absolutely everything. Well, did you see the statement from Sadiq Khan? Basically, what they put out. Sadiq Khan has put her on notice, hadn't he? Because she's got two bosses. One is Bojo, one is Sadiq. Uh, um, I was going to make a comment about him being a sex symbol, but we don't need to go there. No, he's the not community. a sex symbol. In the gay community, I asked them about it. They I'm sorry, gay it. community. It's I'm not acceptable. I'm now, loads of gay guys, mainly white ones. Does Topher find him attractive? He is... No, but Topher likes something different. Anyway, listen, I'm getting, I'm getting distracted. Yeah, we digress. Apparently had said, he put on notice a few days ago, didn't he? And said, it's unacceptable. And then today she said that she had a meeting with Sadiq. Because this morning she said she's going nowhere. She was borrowing it. I saw. And then this afternoon she had a meeting with Sadiq and Sadiq said he has no confidence in her. And that was made her position untenable. But I think Boris will be glad that she's gone. Well, you no, say she's borrowing it, but Boris says that and he's still here, so. No, I mean, she was borrowing it by yeah, hanging on. Like, if it had been her choice, she would not have gone. Yeah. I think in certain respects, it's kind of, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do a Louise Devil's Advocate, bear with me. Hmm. Now, all these people who's, who keep on getting wallops off around Boris, all these women, but he's still there. And, I, and like some of the things that's untenable. Oh, this yeah. sounds like a Catelyn Moran complaint. No, no, no. no, no <laughs> it's untenable. One of the reasons why they is untenable is because the Metropolitan Police refused to investigate the party that this man's been having. Mm. The second one is about the fact that, like, obviously the police um, they've been found Kelsa Priest to be racist, homophobic, and sexist because that's it's only 2022. We didn't know that in 1999. We didn't know that in 1980 um, when Starman came out and all the various reports that have come out between, but today's one is like... Now it's true. Yeah. Now it's true. Um, and I'm trying to think what other things have happened. Oh, obviously the guy who um, um, killed Seb, Sarah Everard as well. Everard. As well as, Cousins. Uh, Cousins, yeah. And, then, and there was that other one. And then the um, police who um, defiled... Um, and so there's been so many things that have happened on her watch and but then is it is she responsible for the culture or has, is she a product of the culture as well because the police aren't necessarily well she's not responsible for the she's culture exactly. like, it's been going on for years yeah they've always um, been like that these are the people that call themselves the biggest gang in london i mean yeah. i just think it's it's what this country does but also like she chose to go into it. They, they have an institution that they know is rotten to the core. And what they will do, they'll have the person at the top and they just keep changing them every now and again, but they don't eradicate the actual culture, what's wrong. So they just change the figurehead. They do it all the time in England. You know what you I mean? mean? Like the prime minister. In the media, you see it, you know what I mean? It doesn't change the facts on the ground. 
I think there's a bit of like also institutionalization going on as well, because I think some, sometimes it's not even about how long you stay in that place, but like if something is very, very, I, I don't want to say toxic, but like, I don't know, very pungent. I, that's, that's the only word toxic. I can think about. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, sometimes, you know, like, you know, you can be in a place, you could be there for a very, very short time, but like the effects are what they are. And so, I mean, and I agree that there's a lot of things that are on her watch that you can't, are inescapable because I don't know, I, I don't know. And I think, I don't, maybe I could be wrong here, but when she said, oh, I wasn't going to resign or anything like that, I mean, I think sometimes, you know, when your mouth says something, but your head is saying something else, you know that you're under pressure. And it's a bit like our friend, you know, Mr. Bojo, you know, he says he's not going to, he's not going anywhere on his house, all this, that, and the other. Okay, you may not be going anywhere now, but it doesn't mean to say that down the line, in after these elections, you won't be going anywhere because you will. So, I mean, I think on a level, maybe she knew that she was going, but like she has to put on this kind of like bravado to show that she's know. not. But don't you think they're in the bravado. same position? The public school girl that's a snobby cow who's entitled. She didn't want to go anywhere. She said no. she was going. But, but don't you think they're the same position? They both hold the poison chalice in that nobody else wants their job. They're seeing the whatever institution they lead through a freaking horrible time and they think they, they're doing the best job. I mean, you know, the amount of people that you I hear saying Boris is doing a great job in really difficult circumstances. No, he's not. He's doing an appalling job in an open goal circumstances. You know what I mean? And and they think that they should be there. I don't I think, think that's... they're doing a good job, though. I just don't think that. I think they just don't care. I think because Boris are slightly different in that I think because she actually grows to the top in her career after being there for years, like 40 years she was in the police force. It's very different uh, yeah, from somebody yeah. who, and, she, and she's come through like different different challenges. Um, challenges I don't understand because I've never joined the police force compared to somebody who thinks that it's their birthright to be the prime minister and will stick mm. by hook by, hook or by crook. And, if he had his way, he'd probably, Britain could be burning and Boris will still be prime minister. And all these idiots will be running around saying, oh my God, he's doing a good job. What do you mean he's doing a good job? But I think the police is something different and it'd be interesting to see who replaces her. So, I've heard them talking. Do you know what her ca career trajectory was? Was she accelerated promotion or did she work her way up through rank and file? Or do you know? I would assume she was accelerated promotion, fast track. Why? She had 40 years. She might have been though. You could still be, because I remember like being in the prison service. They had like an accelerated promotion scheme. I know some people are still there, but that just meant they were going to be governor very, go, move to governor five very very quickly. I uh, was just um, thinking about and whatever. So I think the police have got a similar thing going, and I was just wondering if she was on well, that or was she both... the way up, because those are two very different ways of well, getting through your oh, career. So she. She joined the Met as a constable in 1983. Within a decade, she'd been promoted to chief inspector. But compared to the story that I read the other day about... That's uh, fast track. It's, mm -hmm. it, it seems different from the... Um, oh, what was his name? Mike Fuller, who became the chief constable of Kent, where he actually went into the police and they put him through university and fast-tracked him that way. But 
it's usually just, fast track they want you to be a graduate whether it be in teaching yeah. whether it's they want you to come in on a 2-1 minimum from a russell group university she, and then she, they they accelerate you that way but she did go to oxford oxford yeah she went well, to the private school did she go to before that she went to dragons one of the best schools in the country it's a great school I'm, i didn't mean to go there um sorry I'm, i was just sorry. i was just thinking about don't both their surnames mean penis Mm? Thompson and Dick. Mm? Yes. Thank you. Good observation. Thank you. We need to be all over that one. <laughs> this I is what I'm here for. <laughs> so I, you see, I didn't even know this because I said, "Well, we're going to get a Sajid Javid's cute brother to be." Because I thought he's he is not I cute. Ava, stop it. He's got a gorgeous smile. But have I found out there's like ten unacceptable. I'm not enjoying that comment. I won't. I won't. I will go to court and stand by it. But like <laughs> this is, I'm a, retract. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying retract the child in love either. Now he's shaved his head, he looks cute as hell. But anyway, apart from that, I'm not I happy. There's ten deputy uh, ten deputy commissioners of the police service. Yeah, this is for other people who did not know. I did not know yeah. that. Well, what, so are they all going to join in? What is this? Some no. kind of orgy? No. So <laughs> what they said when I was um, listening, uh, whilst I'm driving home today, um, I think the favourite at the moment is probably Steve House um, to maybe step up whilst they try to find um, uh, a suitable commissioner. And they were also talking maybe that they might try and fish, fish, cast a net at maybe outside the UK as well. Like when what? they bought Bill, oh, Bill Bratton over from, the, from New York. when he, I uh, don't want a foreign police commissioner. I do not want an American police commissioner. I don't want a police one, commissioner full stop. I don't want an American. Good but, Lord, no. But they had, Bill Bratton was the um, police commissioner. He was in New York and when he came up north a few years ago and he was the guy who was behind the broken windows. Um, in yeah, his, the I know group. about them. And, and so... I mean, I guess like what's the broken windows thing you're on about? Basically, from a broken window perspective, if you like fix the small problems, then it won't become big problems. It's but also there's the whole thing. There's the Oscar Wilde thing about environment, and he has this whole essay about how like it's actually quite right on for somebody from you know Oscar Wilde's time. But how that if you live in an ugly environment, it's bad for your soul. Basically, it's a bit like a follow-on to what we were talking about with Quadro. So basically, yeah. if the state's in disrepair, if people and you see it, you see it when we're walking around where people, if they ever like bins out, then people will use bins and they will yeah. respect where, where, where they live. But once you remove the bins and people start dashing things away, then other people dash things away. Yeah. If you mm -hmm. have a stub it out thing on a yeah. bin, people will actually stub their cigarettes out on it. Because once you get used to it, you look for the thing to put the cigarette out on. If it's not there, you don't look. And well, we're going to have to wait and see what happens with President Pratt. Speaking of... One more thing. They were saying that they were also maybe looking to see if they should decouple, because the Met, Metropolitan Police Officer, even though they're the, um, the Chief commission, the Commissioner is responsible for London, but because of all the other stuff, they're also responsible for like counter-terrorism, Royal protection and all of those things in the politics, oh. side. and so maybe they should decouple it because it's become quite a politicised role. Because the previous police commissioner was um, asked to mm -hmm. leave or left when we had our previous mayor, but we won't go there. 
Okay, well, we'll have to wait and see what they do. That might be a good idea to sort of break that up a bit. Aisha. <laughs> Ava, can I do a really dodgy segue? Okay. Um, just on your, who did you say was really fit? On your fit, um, Sad, was it Sajid's brother? Oh, you've frozen. Come yeah. Uh, we, uh, would you swipe right Can on I? him? Yeah. Would oh, you swipe right on him on a dating app? Well, I, I would not swipe right on him on a dating app because I wouldn't be caught dead on a dating app. I have lived upon them. I know you have. I know you have. And uh, we need to have, like, when we've got time, we want to do a whole thing about dating, definitely. Definitely. I thought that was today. I didn't realise it wasn't today. Well, we wanted to, but then Quajo said he would, could, could come on. I grabbed him while I could. because the No, guy you're was right. He was that. amazing. And uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to do a whole thing about dating. Um, well, yeah, which is really interesting. I am talking to a couple of people, but not for dating app. But mind you, I've answered a couple of people from my Twitter DMs. Which is like a dating app. Seriously. So, <laughs> Can they spell? Oh my God, none of them can spell. Lord Almighty. A guy that recently slid into my Twitter DMs had a bit of a breakdown and um, announced to everybody that he let a girl... I, I can't say what I'm going to say now. I'll talk about it afterwards. But he had a bit of a public Twitter breakdown and it was hilarious. And it was just really awkward when I had to say to everyone, he slid in my DMs the other day. Very awkward. I don't feel because if they're sliding in your DMs, they're sliding in everyone else's DMs as well. I was yes, no, I wasn't I embarrassed was like that. It was yes. just funny. Oh my God, I'm the first person who's DMs you slid into DMs. So right? like, sure, mate. Sure, sure, sure. I sure. kind of feel um, like no one slides in my DMs. That's not an excuse. For anyone to slide into my DM. Thank you she's saying much. her DMs are open. Yeah. That is what she's saying. Is, Elaine's is DMs are wide no, open. party political broadcast by Elaine. Coco, Coco is my security guard. You can't slide into my DM. My, my I'd let you have some of mine, the ones, the ones who slide into mine are either. I'm talking about, I've answered two, two people who've slid into my DMs. Mm. Um, but there's loads of other people slide into my DMs and they always tend to be racist. Oh, yeah, no, mm. racists love a black woman. Yeah. They love like, a black woman. with me on the timeline, then they'll, go, they'll come to the DMs and go, oh, gosh, like, you're really passionate about that. I just don't even answer that. <laughs> I just don't even answer that. Well, I have an announcement to make. Next year, I'll be, uh, sorry, next week, next Sunday, I'll be five years in single. And I don't give a damn whether anyone slides into my How DMs. Can I ask you a really personal question? Oh, no. Yeah, go on. Oh, no. Single, single, or single, single? No, oh. single, single, and, and yeah, single, single. Celibate, single is what I'm asking. Sorry. Celibate. Yeah. Fuck me. You want no oh, But don't fuck Louise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Please. Do you own sex toys? Oh gosh, she's oh, no, a freaking unit. Look, a black woman in her position. You're asking her that to go on to. No, Louise, you will not answer that. You won't do that. Don't answer the question. No. <laughs> I'm just I'm fine and and the reason being and you know as I was saying to you guys this morning that I just cannot be bothered I just cannot be bothered and I like just doing me and you know I'll continue to do me <laughs> I mean oh I mean as in be myself gosh, gosh, this is just, I'm, I'm, you're so making wrong. me Barbara Windsor right now <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I mean as in like oh, all right so anyway 
We can talk about how other things, because it's Valentine's in a couple of days. Well, yes, that is exactly what it is. So I had to request my presence, okay? So what I've done is, like I said, because, like, the last two years, I've got this massive, massive bunch of uh, red roses from this guy. First year, it was all right. Second year, I fucking lost my shit. From this guy, the same guy, Dubai guy? No, no, no. No, somebody else. It's a different guy. This guy's just a red... Anyway... So he's got two years in a row, big bunch of red roses. First time he got it, I was okay with it. Last time he got it, I cussed him out. I was so mad. Are you serious? The same what? bunch of red roses again. I didn't so this year, that. I've chosen, I'm trying to choose what I want. I asked Twitter. So I've tried to be clever about it, okay? So I've I asked, can tell you what you can get. I've asked, well, you didn't suggest anything. He's bought it today because he's going to Hong Kong. Thinking about Valentine's Day, and I said, look, I'm not really big into it. Um, I don't want anything. And he says, that sounds like a trap. And I was like, it's not, it's not a massive trap, but it is a fucking trap. Um, and <laughs> not mass, but I said, I'm not like, I'm not big into it. I'm really, flowers, absolutely fine. I didn't even think I to like go flowers. for high quality electronic items. I don't like flowers. That is really unimaginative. And it's like, I adore flowers. <laughs> I don't want that. You can get me flowers any week. Valentine's is special. Don't oh, yes. give me flowers. To be fair, I did say I prefer a plant because plants don't die. I hate throwing away dead flowers. I'm sorry, no one's getting me something like that. That's just rude. Flowers, you oh, must be out of your mind. If it got you a MacBook for Valentine's, what's he getting you for your birthday? What? I don't know what he's going to get. I, I asked for a MacBook. I'm, I'm still stuck on it. Like, I'm not going to get it. I think he'll go for the Ninja Foodie. That was my trap. Like, because I thought I'd ask for the MacBook. It's always a trap. And then I, I want the Ninja Foodie. So he's going to look at the Ninja Foodie thing and think, I'll just get that one rather than the MacBook. That's what I think, but we'll see. I, think well, we I am going to get on WhatsApp right now and retract my previous statement. You are? <laughs> I am going to get on WhatsApp right now and retract my You know what I said about flowers? I think I need a Ninja Foodie. Don't get flowers. That's nonsense. That is the most stupid thing in the world. I like I flowers. I love flowers. I also love you flowers. You can get flowers. What, flowers should be a regular thing that is bought for you. I, I remember that's true. one of my like also publicly, that's not on. publicly one delivered of... flowers. Deliver them to my fucking work. Oh Let my everybody God. know that your ass is delivering my ass flowers. Make sure they find me, make the man find me in my role, preferably in the middle of like, I don't know, a wedding of 200 people and give them to me so I can go. That used to happen to me all the time. I had a friend, I've got a friend who lives in Ghana and he used to send me flowers all the time. And like, imagine like I'm having to leave work in Victoria, like it gets delivered to the office. And then it's like, oh, have you got a boyfriend? No, you're right, you sure? And then, then I had to like, do the pretend I'm embarrassed on the tube all the way holding the flowers. <laughs> then doing the, then doing the. Pretending you're embarrassed, really, you're like, look at her. <laughs> then doing the smug. Oh, yeah. Oh, loves me. And then all this time, it's friend zone. It's my friend who's in the friend zone. I need to ask him if he can get me some flowers because I've got them in the office on Tuesday. You yeah, should do, actually. I that's why you have gay friends. My gay friends buy you lovely flowers. 
Can I tell you something that happened two years ago, which I just think some people are just so trash, so trash. Oh, so anyway, God. I was in the shop. I was in. I won't say which food shop it was because I'll get cussed out. But anyway, McDonald's. Wait, wait, Anyway, so I was I was getting my shopping and I overheard this guy boasting. He was picking up these two same flowers, and he was boasting to his friend on the phone, right? that he's got flowers for his wife and his girlfriend. So the girlfriend lives, she lives in Greenwich and then the wife lives in in um, Wimbledon. And the flowers, he couldn't even, I mean, I think the whole thing stank, just doing that anyway, just kind of like, you know, two-timing his wife stank. But then they, he also got them the same flowers as well. That was so romantic. Imagine she must have been That's trash, that's just trash. And I just thought, wow. Just, Do you wow. ever have that thing, which is going to sound really ungrateful, when like guys buy you tacky flowers and it really upsets me because they've gone out and they've spent money and they've gone to a florist, but the flowers are wrapped in like cellophane with designs on it and the flowers aren't particularly nice and they've got like, I don't know, diamante on sticks like going <laughs> through them and you just think to yourself, like... Do you know me? Yeah. Have you ever seen anything that I've ever... And and then you feel really ungrateful, but at the same time, the flowers are shit. But they were expensive, <laughs> but just shit. Is that just yeah. me, or am I just an arsehole? You all see, they go, no, you ungrateful cow. I don't know, Louise, but maybe the wife and girlfriend knew about each other. Maybe I they were know. a threesome. Oh, I don't know, you know, because like, my guy was just... Well, not my guy, but like the guy... It was just kind of like he was boasting about Thank it. Thank God he's like, not your guy. Oh my God. No, 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 no. This is why I just can't even be bothered. Because, I mean, it's just when you see things like that and you just think people are trash. People they are absolutely they trash. They are absolute trash. People I'm are like, trash. You're not ninja foodie if you, if you want one. Because they are trash. See, I mean, that's the thing. If I want to, now I know what a ninja foodie is. I can get one for myself. Do you know what I mean? I don't need anybody to buy it. Please, but we've got we, we, we're getting fans because we're Aisha and Ava adjacent. So you never know. We might be able to get a MacBook or. A to be fair, oh, you know what? Someone pay my gas bill on the slopes today, which I definitely didn't purchase myself. That would be mm. a better a better present, to be honest. Why do you think I'm flirting with Quadi for energy frigging? Secretary, yes, <laughs> and my Christian Dior jumper is And we're conscious, we've done our hour now, and um, Aisha took us well off. I went through a whole, whole we should do a Valentine special, we should do one. That's all right, let's do. I wanted to speak about the black guy who kicked the, who kicked the cat, yes, and Coco, Coco ran away because he thought that we might, we might, that like when I mentioned him, he'd run away. Oh, I'm sorry, I dragged this off. I thought that this was where we were going. And I thought that my like terrible but kind of good segue was like appropriate, but it was just not appropriate. Now nah, we were going to talk about the kick football who kicked the cat and how cats' lives matter more than black lives matter, in, uh, apparently, according to. See, we're laughing, but it's true. And uh, we were also going to speak about what uh, the the level of the fine he got compared to what other people have got, like for racism, for instance. And we were also going to talk about how Eric Cantona said he wished he kicked the <laughs> Eric Cantona kicked a human, and this guy kicked a cat. Um, but we still respect Eric Cantona, and I, I support what he did. More people need kicks. Yes, more. and if Eric Cantona wants a new wife, I am about it. 
He's French, so they do mistresses. Oh my God, I don't even need to be his wife. No. no. So Eric Cantona, if you're out there. And they're fine with saying. it. The wives are fine with it. Ava, before we go, can I just ask you something? We're going because of you. You have to go to Wait Road. I know, I know, but I still, I still have to ask you. She admitted it. She admitted it. I am. I am. And then I'm going to bed. Anyway, so Ava, so like you know, you've been kind of like casting your net out to to Questy. I'm not. I'm, I ain't saying his surname. Have you had a response yet? Of course not. Do you mm. think Quasi Quateng will ever answer me once he sees yeah. that the woman is like chatting him up and has got a black face? No. He might be. Some of nightmares. Can you imagine? I might horror he'd feel if he ever woke up next to a black woman. Come he on. might say, and I'm not going to translate it, but he might say, Le croissant de papa. Oh, can you translate to after you stop recording? I don't think you. I just like I just like annoying him because I just think it must just be hella. He must just think, oh God, go away. I could never imagine him. This is why it really, um, when when sometimes you have certain white women saying, oh my God, they're just jealous because I'm with a black man. You're jealous because I'm with a black man. No, we have that black man. You're welcome to that. That black man is not, because sometimes not you want to be from a certain culture to understand how rubbish the man is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes people don't get that. I remember there was this Palestinian guy and all these girls just be like, oh my God. I can't even say what he does because everyone will know who it is instantly. But like all these, and Palestinian women were going, ugh, ugh, ugh. He's horrible in our community. So, you know, sometimes when these guys marry out, the Quasis, the Chris Eubanks, the whatever, we, we say go. Oh, Chris Eubanks. Don't be horrible. Don't be horrible. I'm not being horrible. You want to get Chris Eubanks, though? Would you say Chris Eubanks is your type? Would you ever have gone out with Chris Eubanks? Would any black woman in your family go out with Chris Eubanks? Never. Right, so am I being horrible or am I being true? Facts is facts. I'm hating on the brother. All I'm saying is, it's a black men that are made for white women. (laughs) So I'm saying white women, when you are telling this black women or black women out, don't feel like, oh my God, these black women look at me because I'm with a black man. We sometimes don't look with gratitude. Thank you for taking that. Thank um, you. Don't be, don't be so horrible. I'm just when they look at you in the spirit of love. It's really Valentine's. I'm just encouraging people to shoot their shots. That's was, what I'm saying. I was gonna You're say all of this is going over your head. You're going to say saying stop being so horrible to Chris Eubanks. I say that again. He's saying stop being so horrible. I usually just say it because so that the camera will be on there when she says it. He's saying, stop being so horrible to Chris Eubanks. That's... Stop being ableist. Oh, for fuck's sake, yeah. Elaine. Now you've made me an asshole. I know. I love you Another topic that we really need to talk about as well for the Caribbean contingent here. Oh, yeah. What's that? Lady is returning to dance hall after she got cussed out last week by Spice and... I even know these people, but yeah, so she's given up ministry. She's given up being... <laughs> people think she did that on purpose. Now, come on. If you have left dance hall to become a church minister, yeah, and you think what, your calling to the Lord was so weak, all it took was spice to cuss out your underneath, and then you just gave up church. Get out That's of what it's like being Jamaican. That's all I'm saying. That's what it's like being... in that pulpit thinking all kinds of nasty lyrics, and that was her excuse, and that was her out. 
Listen, you can't lose the calling to God Abba, like that. That is the duality of being Jamaican. You've got the calling to the pulpit on one side of your personality, and you have the calling to the dance hall on the other side. There is no in between. <laughs> but like. Jamaica has got more churches per square mile than anywhere in the world, hasn't it? And it's also got more batty riders and nastiness per square mile. Listen, that is my people, and I'm proud of us, and I love us for that. Remember Jamaican Twitter found this before? Jamaican uh, people found this before. All I'm so, saying uh, is, I love you, my people. Just the other ones, <laughs> then, that are causing the problem. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well, this uh, descended into... This, this descended into, uh, into to nothing, really. Didn't it? So this I actually like, think the last bit's quite funny, but tomorrow I might look back and disagree. <laughs> well... Sorry, you came on our show and we, instead of keeping the tone up and saying, look at what's happened, it's descended. The show was actually more sensible when the 23-year-old was on it. Now it's just descended into... But when he was here, all we all did was this. He's just so cute. He's just so lovely. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. All right, I'm going to end that here. Um, Sorry about that, guys. But we had fun. We had fun. We did. uh, anyone got anything they want to end with? Elaine, we can say something. We need the soundtrack. We do, do need outro. Because I want like a little track. video of us all outroing We it do. Out. We need to, anyone who's, who's watching is a fan, has got any kind of idea about production values, we really do need to up them this year. But yes. thank you everybody uh, that tuned in to watch. We're really sorry. This is going to be so embarrassing for Quajo, do you know what I mean? He's going to be like, no, Quajo's going to love it. He's like those four degenerates. Right, okay then. Uh, Thank you, everyone.